You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for another Star Wars episode. That's right, you've sat through about 50 hours worth of Star Wars content in the last two and a half months. So why not tune in for some even better coverage, apparently, because who cares about all those 10 movie recaps we did? We're here to talk about the new one, because we haven't seen it. It's a preview, a preview of Star Wars Episode 9 or Star Wars Episode IX, The Rise of Skywalker, the movie that is here to save everything, save everything from The Last Jedi and make us hope that Star Wars <laughs> actually is good again. Very excited that this time in a week, basically, we will be seeing this movie because it feels like an eternity ago that we started these, even though we've had a blast doing them. But uh, we're going to recap everything we've recapped and preview the next recap, and I don't even know what we're doing here. Anyway, my name is Ben, and I can fly now. And my name is Cole, and in The Rise of Skywalker, will be better than The Last Jedi. I have foreseen this. <laughs> I have foreseen it, Darth <laughs> Review. Um, wow. So, yeah, 50 hours worth, Colin. Uh, how does it feel knowing Ooh. it's taken that long to cover 10 movies? Uh, basically, five yep. hours of pop. We did it. We, In all fairness, we probably thought we'd be taking about 50 hours per movie. So, I think, in all fairness, we've done quite well. Yeah, you know, when we finished Last Jedi, um, I was telling Jamie, I'm like, you know, we recorded that you know, survivor cast rankings, how many years ago? And it was like, it was how, what was it? 42 hours or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. We're like, Oh, we recorded 42 hours. And I'm like, bare minimum, we have gone 45 to 50 hours on star Wars <laughs> and we're still going. Um, this is by far the biggest thing we've ever done. Uh, and the most exhausting thing we've ever done. Most of that exhaustion came just in the uh, last Jedi. Um, <laughs> otherwise it's been mostly fun. But it's crazy when we look back and think about how much time we spent on Star Wars. And, I mean, if people only knew when we started recording these episodes and that it's basically been nothing but Star Wars since then, like, puts it in perspective. Like, how much of our lives have we wasted on this? If, if Rise of Skywalker sucks, like, I, we're going to have to quit podcasting. We actually started recording in 2007. Uh, and <laughs> so you think that we only met like in 2013 or whenever it was. But no, no, this has all been a long burning plan. Like when we started, uh, Disney hadn't even bought um, Lucasfilm yeah. yet. So look, we, we thought, thought all this out. We wanted to make sure it was great. And of those 50 hours, probably about 39 of them were talking about sand. So I think yeah. <laughs> fair enough. I think we're like dental or oh, dental. Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, uh, probably only about two of those hours we're talking about the movies. So, um, good job. Good job. But yeah, easily the biggest project we've ever done. I mean, I think the difference is, is probably with the, the survivor rankings, we kind of did them. I think we did them a lot quicker and we also like did three weeks maybe. Yeah. And you know, we didn't realize they would be that long. And I think wasn't our longest session about eight, eight hours consecutively. Um, whereas, you know, to spoil the magic of podcasting and editing, I don't think we ever went longer than two and a half hours for any single session. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course we did cover all the James Bond films, but that was done over a lot longer time over on 007. Download now via, uh, iTunes and all that and listen to our No Time to Die trailer coverage coming soon this weekend uh but look it's it it has been fun this is something i think though 
uh, as we mentioned at the very beginning, that we had wanted to do for a long time because even back when we were just purely Survivor, we said, like, if we were to do something on the side, it would be Star Wars. I think even before we ever thought about doing a James Bond podcast, it was Star Wars. Um, but I think we were probably a little bit too afraid, weren't we? Because we thought, well, the Survivor fandom's bad. Mm-hmm. What's the Star Wars fandom going to be bad like? Um and in all fairness, we don't know because we haven't really heard from any of them, which is a good thing. Um, except for you, Chris. We realise, Chris, you've messaged us a lot, so thank you. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, we're here to preview Rise of Skywalker and also, I guess, recap our recaps. But I just, I mean, standard question here just on our recaps after 50 hours. Has anything changed for you in watching all of these movies? Movies that we've seen so many times anyway. I don't know if anything can change when it comes to doing it this way that we've done it. No, I think that's the biggest difference with, um, like, when we did the Survivor Rankings cast, we had a panel of five people, and there were times, I think, where all of us would be like, yeah, you know, I never liked this player, but then this person defended it. Um, And with the James Bond ones, I think a lot changed for us just because we were sitting down and analyzing a lot more movies than 10. I mean, we did 24 movies in total, and we sort of learned to appreciate it because everybody had different opinions, but, like, mine and your opinions are very similar our rankings are going to be slightly different but we're very similar in that you know we're huge fans of the original trilogy we're both big defenders of the prequels and we see a lot of flaws with the disney movies um you know albeit we're kind of i guess in the position where it's like well until we see the series as a whole maybe we can't appreciate it fully but i don't think there was ever really a point where either of our opinions were going to shift in any way i mean you mentioned on the last Jedi that you kind of developed a new appreciation for Chewie. And that's, that's sort of the extent of either of our opinions being shaken on this. I mean, I think we we come out of this the same way we went. And if anything, I think the biggest thing that's changed for me is that my opinion of rogue one has gone down slightly. um, Partly because it's one that I hadn't watched as much as like the actual episodes. Uh, And then this being maybe only the third or fourth time I've seen the movie, but really sitting down and you know analyzing the story while also going through picking apart what were the problems with production and i think i really started to see it became clear to me oh this was obviously a production problem oh this is where the story was probably changed oh this actually doesn't make sense so i would have gone into this maybe thinking rogue one would be higher on my list than it's going to end up being but that's pretty much it and a new appreciation for solo because it's just one of these movies that gets better every time you watch it I'd agree with that, and I think, I mean, realistically, the only thing that ultimately changed my mind was I binned The Last Jedi, whereas I rented it previously, and I bought every single, I mean, I even bought Rogue One, and I've always been kind of down on that movie, thinking that it's very overrated. I had a conversation the other day with somebody saying how they loved Rogue One, and I had to say, like, well, I think it's overrated, when they're like, what? Why do you think it's overrated? I'm like, well, it's half an hour of a good movie, the rest is kind of just lame. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is interesting, but um, I... I I actually really appreciated this rewatch, Mallory watching them and actually enjoying them too. So, uh, I mean, I was mentioning to you off air that we're in the process of rewatching them already again. So, and she's kind of openly wanting to watch them. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think it's, it's, it's been fun. I mean, look, all jokes aside about our tangents and there were clearly lots of them. I think the majority of our best of this year is made up purely of Star Wars tangents that it was enjoyable. I mean, it was really enjoyable to do this. I think kind of, We've always said when we've started doing the Oz Network, looking at other movies and other TV shows outside of Survivor, that, you know, it's been 
probably more enjoyable. And it's not to take away from what we used to do in Survivor days, but it's something different. And you and I, I think, mm-hmm. discovered that a lot with Noah when we started doing 007. And we would often have conversations saying about, hey, look, I'm actually enjoying doing 007 more than I'm doing Survivor. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, the downfall of Survivor Oz kind of came promptly after 007, didn't it? So, well, there we go. Mm-hmm. We finally uh, found the jumping <laughs> shark moment of Survivor Oz, actually. It wasn't the Worlds Apart preview episode, as many people think it was. But, yeah, I, I like it's just it's enjoyable to be able to talk this with you and kind of just hear these opinions from other people and, yeah, do something that we've probably been talking about doing for most of this decade. Also, just to go back to, like, how long this is gone, I mean, you were joking when you said 2007, but, I mean, I think at the point... You know, we started recording these recaps. We we're probably still in the summer, um, mm. and and none of these went up until what, like October or something like that. Mm. So, I mean, we were months ahead of time. And you know, as these episodes slowly started to roll out, like you said, there are some listeners who have messaged us and they're like, "Oh, remember this part in the episode?" And the, the, occasionally, we're going to be like, "Oh, yeah, you know, I didn't remember that until you mentioned it." But there. <laughs> Something very recently where somebody uh, mentioned to us, oh, yeah, remember that part in the recap? <laughs> and we both didn't respond. And then afterwards, like, do you have any clue what he's talking about? I'm like, no, I, I don't remember that at all. We'll have to go back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, I have a terrible memory of it. He's like, barely remember what I just said five minutes ago. So, um, yeah, I couldn't tell you. I believe we started recording these in July. So, because <laughs> uh, I think the, the thing we always planned in 2019 was basically that everything would revolve around this. And we actually ended up cutting, did we cut one or two months that we had planned at the beginning of the year? Because sort of with your life circumstances around having twins and kind of, you know, we'd committed to uh, Terminator, five Terminator movies as well. So, I mean, I think we started recording them in April. So, yeah, we we had we had planned a lot more this year than we did, but ultimately it was always going to revolve around whatever we did with Star Wars. And I mean, and in all fairness, let's be honest, we just snuck in there. We're recording this yeah. uh, probably <laughs> a week ahead of when this is going to air. We only finished Last Jedi two days before this, so we started in July and ended in December. Um, so that's how long it has taken us to do that. Uh, but in all fairness, and, too, it doesn't 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 even feel like it's taken that long though, because I think it's just been enjoyable the whole time. No. Yeah, I mean, the and the original plan, you know, peek behind the curtain was when the year started, we're like, okay, we got a couple of months here where no episodes are going to go up. And we both were like, let's start with the Star Wars ones, because we know that's the one thing that we can't cancel this year. We're going to do Star Wars regardless. And then month by month, it's like, oh, you know, maybe we should just get Bad Movie Month done first. And then it's like, oh, well, now we got to get the, the, you know, the anniversaries. No, now we got to do those Disney ones. And then you know, it's like, okay, well, we got to do Terminator as well. So we just ended up doing it in order. But I think we are partly we're so excited to do Star Wars, but also knowing like this is such a big commitment that it wouldn't have been unrealistic for us to be like, let's start in January. And if we have to cancel everything else this year, we're going to get Star Wars done. Because when we did, what was it, uh, Titanic, you know, all the way back uh, two years ago now, more than two years ago, and that episode went over five hours you know, mostly due to us disagreeing on the movie, but still we're like, if if we went five hours on this, like we're going to have massive Star Wars episodes. Uh, and, and like you said, I mean, I thought, okay, we probably started in August, but it's breezed by. Uh, personally, I felt like it took us a lot longer to do Terminator. It definitely felt like it took us longer to do Disney Live Action Month. Oh, God. And yeah. we limited some of those episodes to 60-minute recording times. 
Okay, I even forgot we did that. Like when I was putting the best of together, and I'm like, wait, we did Beauty and the Beast. Um, and actually, <laughs> the one that I think I really forgot we did this year was Ga- uh, Galic. Ga- uh, I can't even speak. Was Galaxy Quest? And like, fuck, that's like one of our yeah. favorite movies. So I think they both made yeah. our top fifty. But yeah, it's um, you're right. Titanic was our longest episode ever, at least in the Oz Network version. I'm not counting, of course, Survivor Oz days. Um, and that clocked in at five hours, 24. And again, I believe we did that in one sitting. I want to think we did maybe, um, uh, might've been, it might've been two, but I think I do remember it being a very late night. So maybe it was one, <laughs> but this year we, we, we brought in the rule. I think that if anything over five hours, we would split into two, but, um, yeah. at least, so the ones that obviously did that was attack of the clones, force awakens, revenge of the Sith. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Not even Empire Strikes Back missed out by thirteen seconds, uh, and the Last mm. Jedi missed out by twenty-one seconds. Um, so, and somehow we did a New Hope uh, seven minutes under. So good job there. And the Phantom Menace, our first one, ten minutes under. How did that work? You know, the other thing I just wanted to say, like a lot of people have been listening to this. You know, the download numbers are pretty consistent. The weirdest thing happened, like the movie, mine, we did our top movie rankings of all time, and A New Hope was my number one. It is arguably still the most popular, even though people say, well, the Empire is their favorite, the best. Like, A New Hope is the number one Star Wars movie. It's the highest grossing. It's one that's been seen by the most amount of people. It's definitely the most fun, the most well-known, the most quotable. And while we were doing, you know, regular amounts of downloads, A New Hope, I think, is going to end up ranking in, like, our bottom five downloaded episodes of the year. Yep. And, like, I still have no clue. Like, did, did it not show up on people's feeds? Or was there a problem with iTunes? Like, nobody listened to our New Hope episode. Like, there's nothing <laughs> so to make fun in this episode. I'm not listening to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's actually, it's funny, but, like, I, I like looking at stats, and, like, generally, I, I at least on my computer, will com- I keep the episodes as one. I don't split them into two for my benefit, um, which means that our, officially our longest ever episode now in the history of the Oz Network is Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, coming in at 5 hours, 40 <laughs> minutes, and 16 seconds. And I wonder why that would be, Colin. Why would that be the longest? I mean, we didn't spend a whole year using a certain quote over and over and over again, did we, for that? I mean, that's clearly that was going to be number one, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, we have to go back and see if Sand, It's Coarse and Rough and Irritating ends up being our longest segment, because <laughs> it was all the excitement and build-up to that. Um, something else uh, I was kind of curious about is how close you have to watch the movies. Because I think we both know these movies by heart, like with the exception of the Disney ones, which haven't been out as long. But for me, uh, I told Jamie, I think the only movies that I watched all the way through and didn't go off memory for some parts, because again, it's it's really difficult to watch a two to two and a half hour long movie while we're doing other episodes. You know, you're doing Survivor ones, I'm doing Amazing Race, you got Third Watch, I've got random rewatches. And because I know Star Wars so well, sometimes it's like, our, our recording schedule is like, okay, can you do something, you know, like tomorrow night? And I'm like, oh, I don't have time to watch the movie, but I know it. Um, Last Jedi, Solo, and Rogue One. So the last three movies are the only ones I watch all the way through. Most of the movies, you know, I would watch, I'd take notes. And if there'd be like half an hour left in the movie, I'm like, well, we got to record this anyways. I know the last half hour. In the case of The Phantom Menace, now, when you're, when you're hosting the episode – it's different because you have to say this scene happened next. This we'll talk about. And when you're the person responding, it's sort of like, oh, the other person queued you up. But with The Phantom Menace, I believe I hosted that episode and I did not watch one second of that movie before hosting it. Like it was all just off of memory. 
And that's you know another one of the things with with Star Wars where we say our opinions weren't going to change going in, but also how we could go five hours on this because these are movies. At least for me, I'm assuming for you too. We probably have watched these movies more than anything else we've ever covered. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I will admit I did watch all of them all the way through, but there were a few that like I watched well in advance. Um, you know, for example, like mm-hmm. a New Hope. I think kind of we'd watch Rogue One, and I said to Mallory like, we might just like let's watch a New Hope straight away because you kind of need to. It makes it better. So that one I'd watched well in advance. Look, Last Jedi was a similar thing just when it came to The Force Awakens because Mallory wanted to watch it straight away. I probably watched The Last Jedi a month beforehand, and I knew I wasn't hosting, so I took notes <laughs> once. And I'm like, don't need to again. I don't need to watch it again, and that was it. So if I was hosting, it would have been different. But um, the one thing I will say, though, for some of the ones that I you know, maybe don't know as well, similar to you, the Disney ones, it is very helpful with covering Star Wars when you've got things like Wikipedia and very detailed synopsises online. Like I find that very helpful too when we cover Lost uh, because you know a lot of the time if you don't take very detailed notes or you're confused with what you write, you can easily follow it along online with you know well covered synopsises. Whereas you yeah. know when I do Third Watch, like no one gives a shit about Third Watch, and <laughs> I have to kind of like make sure that I do that very detailed. But yeah, I think for the most part, like you know my notes are more so just pointing out quotes or just side little things that I point out or because I think the thing is too we know going into any recap what our favorite bits are like Attack of the Clones for example the death sticks scene like as soon as that happens I'm like oh my god I can't wait to talk about death sticks because this is just one of those random little moments I've always loved that I've never had an opportunity to have a good old conversation with somebody about death sticks um and then like I also love the fact that you know, we, we made so much fun of the dialogue like everybody does in the prequels and we had our role play, I think, a lot in Attack of the Clones. But, mm-hmm. but like, I, I also, you know, kind of on a side note with it, but, like, I really appreciated the fact that we came came out of the prequels really defending the hell out of them. And that's the one thing I will say. Like, I've, I'm as the years go on, I get more and more of an admiration for the prequels, more and more so, mm-hmm. and even just talking them out. So um, I think kind of their you know, ones that I, I'm always surprised I know them as well as I do, if that makes sense. Because clearly the original trilogy, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even be able to hedge a bet how many times I've seen them in my life. Well, it's it's a generational thing too. I mean, we're kind of the generation where we were, you know, young enough that we were introduced to Star Wars in the original trilogy and we were obsessed with the original trilogy, but we also had that excitement and and we weren't jaded (laughs) like we are now maybe with the Disney movies where we could just appreciate the prequels for what they were. Whereas I feel like a lot of the criticism of the prequels received, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was from those people who were in this, maybe in the same boat we're in now with the Disney movies where it's like, Oh, this isn't the star Wars I grew up on, but I'm, I'm finding more and more, you know, just talking to other people as, you know, rise of Skywalker is coming out. A lot of people really do love the prequels. Like, um, I think it was Billy Garcia put something out there recently, and he's older than both of us. And, you know, he said that Revenge of the Sith was his favorite Star Wars movie. Um, I, I, I talked to somebody you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I was mentioning uh, Attack of the Clones or something like that. And they said, oh, Attack of the Clones, that movie was terrible. I'm like, oh, I loved Attack of the Clones. And I started mentioning, you know, you had like the 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 big battle like on Geonosis with the, the creature being sacrificed to the creatures. And I'm like, you had Christopher Lee, you know, you had... Uh, the 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 asteroid field chase and stuff like that. Yeah, Django Fett, and they're like, oh yeah, that one. No, I did love that one. <laughs> there's there's a new appreciation for these where I feel like we're not so crazy in defending them. A lot of people maybe also because the Disney movies have kind of let people down. That you know, th- there's this renewed love for it. 
partly from people who grew up watching it and partly from people who, in comparison, are like, ooh, they weren't so bad. Well, we're going to get to our rankings in this episode, and mine have changed. I didn't think they would, <laughs> and ultimately my number one is new. So, yeah, that will tie into that. Just quickly before, I think we'll, sw- we'll shift gear into Rise of Skywalker, looking ahead to that coming out in only a few days. Just a bit of trivia for you. Take out the Star Wars movies from our recaps. I want you to tell me what five movies you think make our five longest episodes. You already would know number one, then, if you take the Star Wars out of it. But uh, include that in your top five because it's actually quite interesting. For only outside of Star Wars, only four of these have ever gone over four hours. Although number five is only like a minute and forty-five seconds from going four hours. So we're saying outside of Star Wars, which ones are yeah, the longest? Yeah. So I'm so I'm not so in terms of our longest episode. Yeah, I'm taking taking out the Star Wars movies. I'm also taking out our updated Survivor rankings that we did, and the only other longest one then is our top fifty movies of all time we did earlier this year too. So. Five movie recaps. You know number one. You just wow. said number one was Titanic. What are the other four? I, like our four, four are the longest. I wouldn't have guessed we had anything else that went over four hours, but um, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that a Schwarzenegger movie is one of them and assume maybe The Last Action Hero, because I remember that one, like us having a lot to talk about. Is that in there? Nope. No Arnie's are in there. Die Hard? No. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> the one that the second longest behind Titanic is a pretty obvious one if you think about it and its connection to me. Oh, Jurassic Park. Yes. That went for four hours okay. and 52 minutes. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm going to guess a Mission Impossible movie too. No. Uh, no? Okay. Uh, <laughs> longest a Spider-Man movie? movie? Uh, no. So, okay, uh, two of them are superhero-based movies, and one is the one that you're going to oh. laugh at, the fact that it actually nearly went for four hours, because I love the fact this is our fifth longest episode outside of Star Wars. <laughs> okay, Batman versus Superman's going to be one, right? Yep, yep. And the other okay. one is very much related to Batman v Superman. <laughs> uh, Man of Steel? Yes, it is. Um, okay. So, so they're the only ones that went over four hours. The one that went for three hours and 58 minutes and 15 seconds, face off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's great about that? Like, I think that that's one of those episodes that I often forget we covered. Yeah. But it was sort of like, that was like, if I were to go through all the Oz Network stuff we did in the first year, that was the episode that was like lightning in the bottle. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Like, something about that episode, it provided so many brilliant moments for us. Half of it was you editing Wikipedia pages on Joe and Alan and other people. (laughs) Messy dong. But... Yeah, like that. That's I, if I had to pick what was my favorite episode we ever covered, it probably would have been Face Off. So yeah, that's I didn't realize we went that long on it. Yeah, yeah. It was just a few other ones here quickly. Uh, yeah, Jurassic World is next. Then Cool Runnings, that was a good one. Uh, Amazing Spider Man, <laughs> Die Hard, Mission Impossible Three, Lost World, uh, Suicide Squad, and the Santa Claus, uh, which actually yeah. ticked in at exactly the same time as one of your favorite movies, White Men Can't Jump, at three hours and thirty minutes and nine seconds. So wow. there you go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm shocked the cat in the hat's not on there. Oh, <laughs> didn't we do that in five? What was the one we did in like an hour? Was was that the emoji? No, it wasn't the emoji movie. What did we do? Uh, I think we... It was Santa with muscles, and then we did the same thing for Beauty and the Beast and Maleficent. Yeah, there was definitely one which we were like, "Fuck this movie, we're doing it in an hour." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but one movie that we won't be doing in an hour, we actually, of course, Star Wars is really the only one that we will guarantee you we'll be doing a spoiler and a spoiler-free one. I think we yeah. went into Fallen Kingdom saying, oh, we don't need to do a spoiler one, and we ended up doing one. Yeah. And was What was the only other one we did? We Fallout. Do a mission- 
Mission Impossible? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So they're the only ones we've ever done spoiler episodes off the top of my head, at least. But, I mean, 100% guaranteed. We did this with The Last Jedi. You and I, I believe, did the spoiler-free one, and then we got Noah on for the spoiler one. We'll try and do it this year as well. No, I will actually be in Tasmania probably with Noah over Christmas, so it should be something that we might be able to arrange. But at least at the time of releasing this, we are days away from this, Colin. There's been a few little things that have been released since we saw the last trailer and we did our trailer reaction how are you feeling right now, days away from uh, seeing the, the Skywalker saga wrap up? Uh, you know, the TV spots, I mean, they're cool. The Duel of Fates one especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you told me about that. I probably would have missed it because the other night I, I sat down and I watched a YouTube video which was all of the TV spots collected in one and that wasn't on there. And then you told me about that and I'm like, okay, I got to find this. Um, but uh, we're really getting very little new footage and – I think we already talked about this in the trailer reaction episodes. Like the full trailers are essentially what 20 years ago would have been classified as a teaser trailer. So footage wise, I don't think I'm getting any more excited. You know, there's a few shots here and there seeing Leia with the lightsaber, you know, that's great, but it's the little stories that keep coming out mostly through interviews with JJ Abrams, where they're talking about what we will see. Um, Particularly some of the more recent ones where they said, we're going to get some background on Finn and Poe. Which obviously are characters that we said maybe a little bit underdeveloped originally. Uh, so now we know that like it's probably not going to have flashbacks to them. But it's it's interesting for me, it's particular to think about Finn because what else do you tell? You know, if they just make some connection, it's like, well, he's actually Poe's brother. You know, then uh, <laughs> they're maybe stretching it a bit. But if we can get into what life was like growing up as a stormtrooper or, or something like that, you know, that's something cool. Uh, you know, obviously, J.J. Abrams has said that um, the, the Emperor was sort of a new addition, uh, or maybe it was Colin Trevorrow, because that was one of the other interesting things that's come out recently is that uh, Colin Trevorrow is going to maintain uh, a writing credit, at least for the story on this movie, which means they didn't scrap his script completely. They sort of just reworked it, which it, it's kind of funny that, that that's become a story of, oh, well, you know, his, he's still contributing, but yet nobody will acknowledge that George Lucas's script he wrote with Michael Arndt still retained a story credit, credit in Force Awakens. It's basically the same thing. Uh, but I think it was either J.J. Abrams or Colin Trevorrow that said the biggest difference is the Emperor wasn't in his. Um, so, you know, th- there's obviously some things that we know were there from the beginning, which I like because we criticize that a lot, the lack of, consistency from one movie to the next you know jj abrams just sort of said to ryan johnson okay follow that and ryan johnson is colin trevor follow that so we know that that at least when colin trevor was working on this which was before the last jedi's release we have some stuff that's actually carrying on but it's the finn poe backstory that i think i'm getting more excited about and then uh i don't know even know if this is legitimate or not but there was uh an early reaction that came out and <clears throat> it, it could be completely fake but There was somebody who apparently said they saw an early screening of this movie that ran like two hours and 45 minutes, and they said it was a mess. And then the same person has said that they saw a recent cut, which, I mean, the original running time was released a couple of weeks ago, as they said it was going to be like two hours and 31 minutes. But now it's been revised and said it's going to be two hours and 21 minutes. And this person, whoever they are, had said that the new version they saw was a much better movie and that it actually really worked. Just the fact that we know that they've cut probably 10 minutes of this movie from when they originally released that running time, I mean, I think it's for the better because I feel like Last Jedi was just so long that, you know, with nothing, no story to tell really, that it was just all filler. And I would much rather prefer 
uh, a much leaner, like faster paced movie where you could fit real story in there. So it's those little behind the scenes details that are getting me more excited than any footage I'm seeing. Yeah, I I loved the Jewel of Fate spot. I'd seen a few people share it and I was kind of like, oh yeah, you know, but then when you hear that music and it's kind of like, you know, we've often talked about how the Disney movies feel like they ignore the prequels and I mean, that's just such an iconic piece of music. Yeah, okay, it's only for advertising, but who knows? They're, they're talking about this concluding the whole saga, so maybe they'll use some cues from previous scores. I mean, that would be epic if we hear any form of Jewel of the Fates. Like, we talked about that in Justice League, you know, hearing a bit of the Superman theme and the Batman theme. Like, you know, just little moments like that get us excited. Um, the 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 one I think that did the rounds the most, of course, was the TV spot with the stormtroopers flying. Um, yeah. You know, they fly now, they fly now. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I'd seen a bit of... I, I saw a bit of Daisy um, Ridley on Jimmy Fallon... I didn't really give away too much, I think. Um, I, I've seen John Boyega's been on there. I haven't watched that one yet. But, um, yeah, I, I was unaware about the Colin Trevorrow bit, so that's kind of cool. Um, you know, I still would have been intrigued to see how he would have handled this. But I will admit I've watched a few of these videos, these Star Wars channels of speculation, and there's this one guy who, look, I can't even remember his name, Um I think it might be Mike Zero. Apparently, he's got a bit of a bad reputation. Star Wars fans is just coming out and shouting dribble and sounding like he knows everything. And so he's kind of... I've watched one of these videos about what you're saying about cutting the footage and he's basically like, I can confirm that the following scenes were in the original and have been cut now. And I won't go into detail because I'm sure some people don't want to have any inkling of any spoilers. But um, I kind of... I got all upset hearing what had been cut and then all of a sudden, I've just read his reputation online. So I'm like, yeah, this guy is just bullshit. Like, don't listen to what he says. But, um, yeah. So, look, I, outside of that, I don't have a lot to add what you've kind of already said. I mean, look, I am getting excited. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think, you know, this is kind of like what we were going into The Last Jedi. And I remember leaving The Last Jedi going like, oh, what's to be excited for for the next one? But now it's kind of, I think it's been, it's done well with the promotion. I think kind of. I really appreciate the fact that they're promoting this as kind of like the end of the saga, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, the rise of uh, Revenge of the Sith, of course, was the end at that time. But again, as we've constantly said throughout these 50 odd hours, like, we, we knew how Revenge of the Sith was going to end. Whereas this is a yeah. little bit different. Like, this is kind of cool and exciting. So, I guess my question on that will be what, what hopes do you have? I hate using that word. There it is again. Hope. The, hope. Um, the stunning hope that we have. Um, like, are you holding out for a cameo? Is there one character you'd like to see return? Is there something like this? Like, give us a couple of hopes here. Hope! And maybe we can remember the timestamp for this and listen to this in a couple of weeks to see how right or wrong we were. Like, it has to be Anakin. Um, Oh, hands down. And I think that's the one that's the closest to being confirmed. Uh, Mostly, I think we mentioned on um, one of the prequel episodes that Hayden Christensen uh, had basically well him and ian mcdermott had a comic con appearance not an appearance but the panel that they were supposed to be on that was canceled at the last minute uh at the request of disney which really only happened if they were in the movie and then all of a sudden ian mcdermott's in the movie so you have to assume hayden christensen is going to be in it as well but that's the only way to, to actually tie everything together i mean that's all the news we've heard from the beginning is that you know jj abrams and you know kathleen kennedy and everybody that they even went to George Lucas, like they swallowed their pride and they went to George Lucas and said, we just don't know how to tie this whole series together. We don't know how to make all nine of these movies relevant. And that's really what his role was, George Lucas, was to give him that idea. You could 
make a series that's about Luke and Leia passing on what they know to a new generation, but they represent three movies or you could like three movies plus the new ones, but three of the originals. Anakin Skywalker is the only one that actually is represented in all of them because his presence is still there. His mask is still there in uh, Force Awakens. And even as we talked about in The Last Jedi last week, I mean, Snoke, what he used to really just make Kylo Ren more and more evil was just preying on his, his insecurities of you'll never be Darth Vader. And I think if you go back to that early scene in The Force Awakens where you know we talked about this really interesting idea that Snoke and uh, Kylo Ren perceive Anakin as failing. It's like, well, Anakin actually failed because he turned back to the Jedi and he killed the Emperor and that that was his failure. You know, what an incredible ending this would be is if Kylo Ren, whether he turns, you know, again or not, or he remains, you know, a Sith or whatever you want to call him, if it's about his realizing, it's like, no, Anakin actually did that of his own free will and it wasn't him as a failure. But one way or the other, I mean, this entire series has been around Anakin Skywalker. I don't think there's any way you can't have him. I completely agree. And one of the things that always comes to mind when you talk about that is I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out and a lot of the promo came around, you know, the saga is complete. We've got these six episodes. Basically, everybody explained it as, well, this whole six series is all about Anakin. It's the rise and yeah. fall and the ultimate redemption of Anakin. So, yeah, absolutely. And hands down would be my number one too. And an- another sort of speculation thing that came out, I think, since we did the trailer was uh, Anakin and... Uh, Anakin, Anakin! Uh, Hayden Christensen appeared at Disneyland or Disney World, basically. Yeah. And Star Wars had tweeted out about it and promptly deleted it because they were like, oh, no, we can't have, you know, this promo of him, you know, look who's returned, kids. Um, so, yeah, I look, I will say right now, if we watch this movie and he's not in it, I, I will be so angry. <laughs> like, like that Always. is, like, this is the thing that I've watched a lot of these videos around and kind of just speculation that because I, I've, I've said to Mallory as well, like, you, like your arm will be bruised by me grabbing yeah. it so tightly with excitement if I see him on my screen. Uh, I'm wearing my I don't like sand t-shirt to the premiere. I don't care what <laughs> happens if it gets burnt or anything. I'll wear it as a freaking mankini or something if it gets destroyed between now and then. But yeah, like absolutely he would be the one. I mean, I joke about a Padme one. There's not going to be an Natalie Portman appearance. But, like, I am serious. If she's in it, the excitement level would be up there on the same par. But there's no reason to bring her back because mm-hmm. why would she be back? Unless it's a vision from Anakin. You know, it's kind of like Harrison... Anakin! F- Anakin. It's kind of like Harrison Ford's only going to return if it's in, like, a dream or something because there's no yeah. force abilities there. But, yeah... But- it makes sense, and but like in all the, you're right. Like in all the ways you think about this concluding, there, there, there just is no excuse to not bring him back in some capacity. Anakin and is I'm, not Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, but but here's the thing with Han: Am I expecting a Han Solo cameo? I'm ex- like you said, I'm expecting an Anakin cameo, and I don't even think we got into this on the Force Awakens episode, but it reached that point where I think nobody knew, everybody assumed Luke was in the movie. I mean, he received second billing on the poster. They didn't, the only shot we really saw of him was that one shot of him touching R2, the flashback scene. So everybody knew there'd be Luke in the movie and you just sat there waiting, waiting, waiting and it's down to the last scene and you start to think, is he actually going to be in here? Um, That's kind of where we're at with Anakin. Like if he's not in there, it will be a letdown because you expect it now and I think the story needs it. With Han Solo, I don't expect him to be in there, but I picked up on something that we didn't even mention in the last Jedi episode, which is right before Luke 
you know, ends his confrontation with Kylo Ren, he says, you know, if you strike me down in anger, I'll always be with you just like your father. And mm. it just seemed weird to mention the father again. Like we had, you know, why did you hate your father? But to actually mention that his father is somehow with him. Like, is that just speaking metaphorically? Like, you're never going to forget him. But we don't have that resolution. So how are we going to resolve Kylo Ren killing his father when Leia obviously is going to have a very limited role in this movie? And I doubt you know her limited role is going to have much interaction with Kylo Ren. That's something that needs resolving. So... Maybe it's possible that we get Harrison Ford popping up in some form here. And you know that that if that's possible, you know Luke's never met his mother, so Natalie Portman yeah. could be like they did it in Avengers. They just used recycled oh. footage. <laughs> and he's never met his grandma. We could get Shmi. Yes. <laughs> and he's never met Jar Jar, so we could get Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he's, he's never your met godfather. His- his adopted uncle Watto could come back. <laughs> I'm a Tatarian. I always come back. <laughs> the the creature was like volcanic planet could come yeah. back. <laughs> and like here's another thing. I mean, I'm assuming we're going to have some type of great cameo in this. I mean, all these Star Wars movies sometimes it's just something small. I mean, the theater erupted when the you know I have the death sentence on twelve systems guy appeared in Rogue One, and that's just a throwaway character. The theater erupted even more when Red Leader from A New Hope appeared <laughs> with, you know, digitally altered ship or whatever in Rogue One. To have even little cameos like that would be fantastic. I mean, think about all these little minor characters. We saw Death Sticks Boy and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, go to their original trilogy. I mean, how great would it be if Lobot reappears? You know, Lando's aid. I, there's, there's I'm all these little of characters. Death Sticks all of a Which sudden, one? I'm thinking of Destiny's guy now. All of a sudden, randomly shows up and goes, "Guess what? I restart my life." <laughs> and there he is, a wealthy businessman. <laughs> He's a dentist now. He's the guy providing the dental care. <laughs> it's, it's come full circle. The stormtroopers have dental now, thanks to Destiny's guy. Um, another, another, like I think you're right with the cameo. Because I mean, we didn't expect Yoda, and we went over that last yeah. week uh, with last year. But the other one, I think, kind of. Maybe, like, Anakin is a clear one, but, like, Obi-Wan. Like, I think it's long been yeah. rumoured that Yo- Ewan McGregor has been involved. I think that was well talked about. You know, every movie is kind of talked about. I mean, he did talk in The Force Awakens, of course, and clearly he's in the process of getting the Obi-Wan series together. But, like, I I, I mean, Hayden Christensen would be the number one. Natalie Portman would be number two. Probably not going to happen. But, like, Ewan McGregor's up there. Like, to see him, because I think... You know, it's it's always interesting when you watch the prequels in the original trilogy and kind of getting that Alec Guinness, Ewan McGregor connection there. So, like, I think it would be kind of cool to bring it sort of full circle, really give the white hair to Ewan McGregor to make him, you know, look like an original trilogy Obi-Wan. Because I think that would be just really cool. And he's another one I kind of feel needs to be there. Because I think kind of, if you conclude it, you've got all the Force ghosts. Obi-Wan's been heavily involved with everything so i think maybe not as important as having anakin in it but i think he would still be like if you can bring yoda back you can bring obi-wan back Mm -hmm. well i think obviously anakin and luke because they keep promoting this as the end of the skywalker saga and if you actually pay attention to these movies there's no skywalkers left i mean we know that leia is going to have a very small role in this movie uh, you know, Kylo Ren, I guess you could say he's a Skywalker, but they, they're very specifically saying it's the end of the Skywalker saga. So 
we know Luke's in it. We're assuming Anakin's in it. You know, maybe we get something with Padme. Who knows? But I do kind of have this this dream of seeing a lineup of Force Ghosts, and especially when, as we mentioned, oh, with uh, Return of the Jedi. Sorry. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Because <laughs> with Return of the Jedi, you know, Hayden Christensen appearing at the end, he didn't know he was going to be in that scene. They literally just filmed a couple of takes of him, and they said, oh, we're going to use this at some point down the road when they were doing Revenge of the Sith, and didn't tell him what it was. And then he saw, you know, the DVD or whatever of, or Blu-ray of uh, Return of the Jedi and saw himself in there. It's like, that's the first I knew of it. So there's tons of things they could do. They could take old footage, you know, uh, they could take the original footage of Alec Guinness and put it back in this movie. But I just, I have this dream of, you see Qui-Gon, you see Mace Windu, you see Uh. Anakin, you see Obi-Wan, Luke, and all the Jedi just there as Force ghosts. I mean, I think realistically it would have to be the ones... Uh, it, it would. I don't think we're going to see Mason there, you know, because it would have to be the ones that they've shown from the beginning actually have learned that power to, you know, communicate with the real world, which is Qui Gon, Yoda, Obi Wan, and now Luke. But yeah, even just get those four guys on screen at the same time. I don't care if you're using old footage. Like I, I will, I will completely, completely lose my mind if that happens. Well, yeah, Qui Gon one actually would be up there with a Hayden Christensen one. Like that would be. And that's maybe that's the Yoda one. That. No one's yeah. talking about it. Like that that shows up. Yeah. Like, wow. Actually, you mentioned with Mace Windu. I read an interview recently with Samuel Jackson, uh, and he said he's like, I don't think Mace Windu's dead. He's like, you know, we saw him yeah. fall out the window. Like we didn't see his body, and that's kind of the rule in <laughs> in media, isn't it? And like, God, how many people have been chopped in half and fallen down fucking shafts, and they're still. I mean, the yeah. Emperor's coming back for God's sakes. Mace Windu's yeah. gonna come back and be like, I'm tired of these motherfucking Jedi's yeah. surviving these motherfucking falls. Yeah, we um, gotta have. If they had all the Jedi in there, throw like Yaddle in there while we're at it. Yes! <laughs> and that, but that's the payoff for Baby Yoda. There it is. Like, yeah. mm, busy I have been. Me to my wife. That's, that's, that's the other question. Like, how invested are they in, uh, I guess, cross promoting all these shows? I don't think it, it's Star Wars. You don't have to do that. I mean, yeah. the, Marvel's really done that heavily, not just with the movies, but like with their Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. You know, they would do crossover episodes when movies would come out that are usually terrible because it features second-rate characters appearing and something that's completely irrelevant to the movie. But their their idea was we want to do that. I don't think you have to do that with Star Wars, but what if they just threw some little Easter egg in there from The Mandalorian? And th- th- like you were saying, Obi-Wan TV shows coming out, what a great way to get people excited about seeing Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan again, whether it's in a flashback or a Force Ghost or something, throw them in there. I mean, they, they all these projects that are in development – and there's an opportunity in this last movie to do it. And when you look back at Revenge of the Sith, I mean, George Lucas really looked at that like a greatest hit. It was its own movie, but he wanted to throw as many things in there to remind you of the other movies, which is why Chewbacca's in that movie, you know, uh, which is why we have like the sunset in the final scene with Owen and Beru and even the soundtrack for Revenge of the Sith. There's something else to get excited about, like the last Star Wars movie John Williams is ever going to do, maybe the last score he's ever going to do. I mean, I'm shocked the man's still alive now. Don't, don't. Um, you just killed him. No, I didn't want you to say that. Let's go out back and edit that out. So if he does die, it's not my fault. Um, <laughs> this is going to make the best of at the end of the year if he dies, unfortunately. I've already edited but, that. Uh, don't get made me do more bloody work. <laughs> long enough. But, like, if you listen to the soundtrack for Return of the Jedi, it was its own soundtrack, but I love the, the end credits of that, that they, they threw in music from all the other movies they included princess leia's theme in there and all that i mean how great would it be if if we just have the end credits playing 
and here's a little piece of music from let's have attack of the clones a little bit of duel of faith now a little bit of across the stars now a little bit of battle of the heroes and then a little bit of princess leia's theme and then the imperial march and then the ewok you know theme <laughs> just yub nub yeah uh the jedi rocks you know have, have little music cues that this movie needs to be because of how reverential force awakens was to a new hope i think a lot of people just want this to be its own movie they don't want it to just be a tribute but they'll find little ways to throw things in there. I think that's going to be the most exciting thing. It's going to be like watching Die Another Day without it being on overload of tributes to previous movies. Oh, I wish I could play this song right I now. I said um, that because I knew you could play the song. <laughs> fuck you. Um, one thing, because we were just a couple of quick questions. We weren't going to keep this very long. Uh, you've listened to 50 hours of this. But one thing actually that, you know, on top of all these potential cameos and all this sort of stuff and, I don't, I mean, I could ask, like, what do you think the Rise of Skywalker? We don't need to get into all that. I think kind of enough has been debated. We've done that previously. We're nowhere near it anyway. The one thing that I'm actually quite impressed with through all this speculation and everything, the excitement over seeing Billy D. Williams return, I think, has kind of been overshadowed. And, like, I actually think that's a good yeah. thing because I think kind of yeah. going into The Force Awakens, it was all like, oh, you know, we're going to see Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Then sort of last movie, it was all about, oh, Carrie Fisher's died, so how are we going to handle this? And, oh, Mark Hamill's finally going to get some screen time now. And this time around, like, the, the initial hype was around Lando returning, but now it's just kind of just, it's gone away, I feel. And I actually, yeah. like, I love Lando. We've talked about this, about where he should have been in this trilogy and everything, but I kind of, I like the fact that this is going to be a bit of a soft return for him and all this sort of stuff. So I just, I just wanted to bring him up. Because I feel like, you know, we're all excited for our man Billy D, and uh, I'm, I'm, I am excited to see him because I don't feel a lot of people are talking about the excitement around seeing Lando return. Yeah, and like you said, in a way that that's a good thing because we criticize the promotion of Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and we already mentioned this on the trailer reaction episode, just for pushing the original stars out there so hard that you can't care enough about the new characters. And the movies themselves, when you watch the stories, it is Ray's story, it is Kylo Ren's story, it is Finn's story, to a lesser extent Poe's story. And those other characters, like Han Solo, he is a mentor character, Luke is a mentor character, Leia is a mentor character. But the way they promoted this, I mean, top billing for The Force Awakens, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill does not say a word, and he's in 30 seconds of the movie, and he got second billing in the movie. And now the the reports coming out is that they're going to give Carrie Fisher top billing in this movie despite the fact she died before the last movie came out and they're using reusing footage i still believe that's the wrong move i mean the whole the way you do credits and then you add and you know frank oz that's sort of like this is we're going to give a tribute to this big star like and alec guinness that i don't think they need to do that and we've just had two movies in a row where it's all been about these original characters that it's it's about time that we actually get excited about a movie so that we can learn you know, where did Finn come from or uh, what's going to happen with Ray or what's going to happen with Kylo Ren. And then we're like, oh, and in the background, we're going to get Billy D. Williams. I don't think it's a lack of excitement for him. I think it's that they've finally done something right in promoting this movie and getting people excited about the story and not necessarily look who we got back. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I don't know if I mentioned this in our trailer last recap, um, the the promotionals of the poster. I love the poster for this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, having said that, I love the Last Jedi poster. Yeah. <laughs> but again... Can we agree uh, like, The Force Awakens still probably has the best poster of this trilogy? Uh, yeah. You don't think... 
I mean, I would almost rank it third out of all three of them if I'm being completely honest. Oh, really? I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a bad poster, but I love this new poster, and I actually really still love the Last Jedi poster. I think it's cool, but um, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad poster. The Force Awakens It's probably the most traditional looking out of all of them, I would say. Um, but yeah, as I've said a few times, it's the third movie in a trilogy, and so far, both third movies in the trilogies haven't let me down. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Still time. Uh, we we're going to close this out in a minute uh, by going over, I think, our rankings just to recap everything that we did because we kind of gave up halfway through and then it'll be interesting to revisit these in our reviews. But um, I'd love to... I, I think you've sort of touched on this, but I would love to refresh my memory and our listeners' memory. When are you seeing this? You've got your tickets. Kind of what's the plan, Stan? How are you, how are you seeing it? Um, I've got the opening night here, which... Again, I'm so disappointed as you told me that they, you know, have added earlier screenings for you, which I'm sure you'll talk about. Uh, not only are you ahead of me in time zones, but you get earlier showings. They they only do the Thursday night showing. So a movie opens on Friday, you get like the Thursday night advanced screenings, which is 7 p.m. Um, I snatch up the first tickets at the time they went on sale. So, you know, I've got uh, the equivalent of an IMAX screen uh in 3d and i've got jamie going with me and my four nephews who've seen all these star wars movies with me and uh my brother was supposed to go but uh he actually is busy and uh had just said well i know you're gonna see this movie 10 times so i'll just go the second time you go see it so then one of my nephew's friends is coming along as well but uh that's our huge star wars crew to go see it uh, sadly this seems to happen with every single movie. I snatch up the tickets when they first go on sale. Like, oh, I got to get the 7 o'clock show because I want to be there for the first one. And then a week or two before the movie comes out, they're like, we added a 6 p.m. show and a 5 p.m. show. And I'm like, great. So I'm going to be the third screening. And it, it, it kind of just leaves me in disappointment that I can't be that first one. But I still wouldn't sacrifice, you know, uh, getting the, the tickets on that first day. But now I kind of wish I'd you know, waited a couple of weeks and just waited for the earlier screenings. It's going to be interesting. We're going to have to talk about our bloody recaps because I think you're going to be seeing it when I'm on a plane back to Australia. So, um, you know, we're going to be weird little bunnies around that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I had, I had booked my ticket. We Similar thing, like sort of since moving to New Zealand at the time I booked it, I'm like, they don't have midnight screenings because the last two I've seen midnights, both with Noah, and I'll t- tell you a fun story about Noah in a second too. Um, so this yeah. time around, I'm like, oh, God damn it. So oh, I was working during the day at the time, so I couldn't go see the 11 a.m. one. So I'm like, fuck, I'll just go see the 6 p.m. one. I'll just hold out throughout the day. Went out for dinner the other night and was told by someone, like, oh, no, there is a midnight screening. And I'm like, you're lying. I'd like, trust me, I looked a hundred times. There is not. Looked on the website. They've added a midnight screening now. So I went, stormed into that cinema. I'm like, excuse me. Um, and they changed it for me. So I am now officially seeing this at one minute past midnight on the 19th. So technically Wednesday night into Thursday morning. And given that New Zealand is basically, yeah, thank you. Uh, given that New Zealand (laughs) is basically the first, I I mean, I look, I I think like Samoa or something's ahead of us. And I don't, I don't know if Samoa gets Star Wars. I really don't know. Um, I know Korea doesn't get it till like January, according to Noah. So yeah. I don't know how Samoa works. But we're basically one of the first countries in the world to see it for the general public. I realise, I'm sure, you know, J.J. Abrams have already seen this movie. But like... Yeah, I hope so. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very excited. And I've also, as of the day of recording this, found out that I have two extra days off. So I will have the Wednesday and Thursday off. So I could always go see it during the day again if I wanted to. But um, the the fun thing with Noah is that... We went and saw this midnight, uh, Force Awakens. Then we went and saw The Last Jedi. 
and we famously had a lovely little bro night out on that Wednesday night, rethinking our lives. We were kind of at crossroads in our lives. You know, he was about to move to Korea. I was at that time about to move to to Queensland, first time I'd ever left Tasmania. And we had this deep and meaningful conversation about how in two years' time we will not be in Tasmania. We will be elsewhere. Yeah. We will not be seeing this movie together. This is it. And then we kind of joked and said, like, oh, how sad would it be in two years' time if we actually ended up seeing Star Wars together? I'm going back home for Christmas, and Noah's also going back home for Christmas. So we're going to be able to hang out with each other in a couple of weeks. And guess what we're going to go see while we're in Hobart? We're going to go <laughs> see. So it's kind of funny and ironic that we will be seeing this again. But it's probably going to be the first time Noah will see it because they're not yeah. getting it till January. So I'm going to be seeing this maybe for the second or third time. And I'm going to be like, oh, guess what is that? Shut up, shut up, like he's Cha-Cha! Do you know how many, like, great episodes we could have got ruined because of Korea's release schedule? Yeah. Like, last year, Noah and I planned to do Creed 2, and he's like, oh, it's not coming out here till February. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not waiting three months. <laughs> well, I think what we will do, uh, I'm at least planning with Mallory, because I'm pretty sure we did it with uh, Last Jedi. We didn't say a word until, like, as soon as the movie finished, we turned to each other, we're not saying a word till we get in the car. And then I believe we pressed record and recorded our reaction straight away. I remember Noah famously going, I didn't like it. Um, like yeah. as soon as that happened so I'm going to say a similar thing to Mallory I think like as soon as we finish we're going to like shut up get in the car I'm going to press record and then boom fresh reactions there so uh, you could do a similar thing with your nephews or Jamie or random stranger in aisle <laughs> B7 uh, <laughs> nephews random friend that yes. bought my brother's tickets <laughs> yes finally as I said we're going to close this out um, we probably should have done this last week but we thought we'd do it this week uh, keep it fresh in your memory ahead of our reviews our rankings. Now, we did this for a few of them, and then we kind of let it lapse and then oh, we'll catch up. I've written mine down, and also I've written the majority of yours down, but as I said, I've guessed a few of yours. So I don't know if you just want to read these out from 10 to 1, or you want to t- alternate between 10 each. I don't know. How, how do you think we should do this? Yeah, let's just alternate 10 to 1. All right, number 10. You go first. What's what's at number 10, Colin? <laughs> Last Jedi. <laughs> Last place. What? Uh, yes, that is my number 10 as well. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to go next, or do you want to go next? Uh, You go next. At number nine, I have Rouge One. (laughs) Yeah, this is is tough, because I would have put this a lot higher, but I'm going to say the exact same thing. I I think that when you really watch the movie, and you, you can start to pinpoint after a while a lot of those gaps where the reshoots just kind of bleed through. So I I still love the movie, but yeah, that's going to be my number nine. Yeah, I mean same i bought it like the rest of these are buys so you know it's kind of there uh what do you have at number eight uh you know i this is another one where where it changed for me and i feel like in a few years another movie is going to jump this movie is going to jump ahead but for now i'm going to do number eight is solo but just just considering how much this movie's improved each time i've watched it i wouldn't be surprised if it jumps up a space or two i have a number eight Episode 7, The Force Awakens. So, um, yeah, look, again, similar to Rogue One, I don't hate it. I probably think it's improved slightly since the first couple of times I've seen it, and Last Jedi, to me, improved it. But I also think when we talked about it, like, you just really dig out the plot holes and the, the, the gaps and so many issues around it, and I don't know if any other Star Wars movie has that, so... Um, except The Last Jedi. Um, so, yeah, no, I've got... Um, Episode 7 at number 8, which means that... I'll just jump ahead to number 7, which means to me the best movie of the Disney era is Solo. 
I I yeah. thoroughly enjoy Solo. Again, I'm a Solo defender. I think it's a, it's a it's a underrated movie, and similar to what you said, I think it gets better every time you watch it. Yeah, and that would that's the one where I'm assuming it'll jump ahead for me too, similar to what you said. But for now, I'm going to put Force Awakens at number seven, uh, just because there's there's no point where I'm bored by the movie, and I, regardless of the fact that it is literally just a remake of a new hope and as we said there's a huge lack of originality with it you know i i find myself always enjoying watching and always wanting to watch it and i can't deny that how many times i've seen that movie so i'd still put it at seven what's at number six i think we you and i both have the same number six if i'm guessing correctly phantom menace uh, yeah. again very flawed movie like the force awakens but still very watchable and i'm i'm oh i get so tired of people saying oh the phantom was a terrible movie except for the pod race and darth maul and obi-wan and qui-gon i'm like well that's enough to make it a good movie yeah no i'm i've got phantom menace at number six as well and i think like look at the time of recording this i watched it last night basically um and i always say it gets better and better every time i watch it and this this is for <laughs> someone who's never disliked the movie um and, like, I'm weirdly, and this is going to lose our listeners after 50-odd hours, I'm weirdly really starting to like Jar Jar Binks. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but, um, yeah, no, I think, yeah. I, I, and I, it is that movie, I think, you and I, as you said, it's a generational thing, but I think that's the one that you and I will always have the probably the closest connection to because we were there yeah. for that one from the beginning. Uh, this is where I think a few of ours will change. At number five, yeah. I have Attack of the Clones. So this is where you're going to hate me, because at number five, I have Return of the Jedi. Um, again, love the movie, but I, I spent a lot of time in that episode pinpointing how it has just as many issues with The Phantom Menace. It's just people, you know, grew up, more people grew up watching that than those that grew up watching The Phantom Menace. Uh, still a great movie, just especially the, the middle act, just a lot of problems with it. But it's still a Star Wars movie, and if I were to rank my top five favorite films of all time. Return of the Jedi is probably still number five. And look, I'll just quickly go with Attack of the Clones. Uh, similar to what I said with Phantom Menace, gets better over time. And I think I just, I believe we talked about this in the episode, that I remember having a conversation with Noah, and even Noah was like, look, this is such an underrated movie. Like, like yeah, you can see the issues with it, but it's actually, like, if you really think about it, it's actually a pretty awesome movie. Um, and when you and I are both going to have... Uh, Attack of the Clones in the top half, which a lot of people, a lot of people say Attack of the Clones is worse than The Phantom Menace. So uh, yeah, like I, I think it's got so many more positives about it than people never, never realize, and it's got maybe the greatest dialogue in the history of movies. And we will say it right now: it's coarse and rough and irritating, and yeah. gets everywhere because we haven't said it properly in this episode. Which I think you then have that at number four, do you not? Yeah, yeah. Which I'll just I could literally just repeat exactly what you said. You know. People say this is a bad movie, but it's really not. It, it It's not a deep movie, but it is so fun. In some ways, I, I guess only aside from A New Hope, it is the most fun Star Wars movie. And just like I said, that conversation I had with somebody, it's like, oh, the clone troopers, Jango Fett, Christopher Lee, you know, the, the, the Geonosis battle. Like, there's so much good stuff in this movie. I have it number four, which is the one where you hate me. Uh, I have A New Hope. But again, it's not that I like obviously i love a new hope like i mean these are all loved movies like clearly um but it's just i it's a matter of elimination that i have three above it that i love more so um yeah i mean i know that's generally your number one but again i think as you put it before this is probably the one that you've seen the most and you know the most and so does everyone else um mm -hmm. i'll just jump ahead quickly number three i have and this is the one that's moved the most 
Actually, well, it's not because it's basically my number one and number three have swapped essentially from when I first yeah. started doing this. So this initially was my number one. This was, I think, my number three in my top 50 movies of all time list as well. So I probably have to rejig that from early in the year if I'm going to be serious. I've got Return of the Jedi at number three. That was my number one going into this. Wow. And now it's dropped to number three. So I, I've always been a staunch defender of Return of the Jedi. I always have a lot of fun in it. I just always feel so connected to the way it ended and kind of it concludes. And I love the Ewoks. I love the Jabba stuff. I love kind of Luke's full-on transition into to Jedi-ness. The music is fantastic. Um, yeah, no, just always, always, that was always my favourite original trilogy, and apparently not anymore. It's not. So, um, yeah. Well, what changed? So, one and three just swapped. So number no, no, two, I know the numbers, but but what changes in, is it you're, you're, oh. you, you see a little bit more issues of Return of the Jedi, or you just you appreciate the other one? Because you, technically, there's two movies that you have jumping over Return of the Jedi True. here. Um, yeah, look, I, I would probably just say the other two changed. Uh, they, they, they're they the ones that I kind of... Because, like, with Empire, I always felt guilty of having that at number two, even though it's still going to stay at number two. God, people just tune out when uh, they just... Oh, my God, what's yeah. at number one, Ben? Um, but I think it's, it's ultimately going to come down to my absolute love of what is at number one, just because just talking about that with you and just the more and more I think about it, the more I watch it, um, you know, I recently made a, this is a weird segue, but bear with me. I made an argument on Australian Survivor Archives, download now, about an Australian Survivor contestant and comparing like the best Survivor players in Australian Survivor. And it basically comes down to the way I looked at it. It's like, I can't think of a single flaw with one player, whereas another player who's maybe perceived better, he's got flaws in my eyes. Whereas, look, I'm not saying Revenge doesn't have flaws, but if I, I don't know, like it's just, I think I know where I'm going with it. The point is, yeah. it probably just comes down to a process of elimination. I still absolutely love Return of the Jedi. Um, maybe somewhat, and this is a weird thing to say because it's not exactly Return of the Jedi's fault, it, it kind of also maybe drops slightly on the grand because I like it as an ending to Star Wars. I like it as a, yeah. just a conclusion. This is Star Wars. It's over with. And if we never had the Disney trilogy, maybe it would still be at number one because I think it's a perfect ending. But now that you've got, Disney movies and that, it kind of, I don't know, it's a weird thing to kind of fault a movie. It's not even its own fault, but yeah, I hope that explained it. Probably not. <laughs> so we just got your three, two, and one. Which okay, well, we're going number Jedi. two with Empire, number one is Revenge of the Sith, but I want to talk yeah. about Revenge of the Sith by itself. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, A New Hope's always going to be number one for me, so this is between two and three. And, and funny enough, I, I'm still on the fence with this, like, you could ask me this question in a week and this may change, but I'm in the same boat as you. I think that Revenge of the Sith, it is such a good movie and it is so underrated. And for the same reason you say you love Return of the Jedi, like I feel like nothing can change Revenge of the Sith from being a perfect conclusion because we did know what the ending was going in. And it's hard to have a movie where you know what the ending is and come out feeling more satisfied than you thought you could. Yeah. And there's, I mean, the lights are battle. The only reason I think I'm going to put revenge of the Sith right now at three instead of two is just because the things that revenge of the Sith does well, I feel like it actually does do better than empire strikes back. But I feel like there are a few things here and there in revenge of the Sith where it's like, well, they could have done a little bit better than this. Uh, whereas empire strikes back, like start to finish, it is a perfect movie. Uh, and particularly any, like there's just something about the the entire last act of Return of the Jedi that's just so powerful. Like the lightsaber battle, you know, the force is with you, young Skywalker. And, you know, the Princess Leia and Lando's escape and then coming back for Luke. It's just, it, it just, it, it gives me chills every time I watch it, which I get the same reaction from Revenge of the Sith. 
And and you could have asked me this question ten years ago, and I may have told you Revenge of the Sith was my number one at the time. So you know, it, it's it's something I'll probably always have flip flopping. But for now, I'm going to go Revenge of the Sith three, Empire two, and A New Hope one. And this is the thing I think the beauty about Star Wars is is I think with both of us, we've really got th- clearly three. Obviously, the third in our three is different, um, but like mm-hmm. we've clearly got three that I think we can ultimately always have at number one and change them around. Possibly, you know, you've got your top five there, really. I'd even say six, and that's the prequels and the originals. that You, you can move around and be comfortable with that. Whereas, yeah. you know, if we look at our Bond rankings, for example, like, obviously there's a lot more movies. There's double the movies. But I think kind of in that tiered section, if you were to weight it on ratio and averages, I, I wouldn't say there would be that many Bond movies compared to the Star Wars movies where they've, like, I think we've each got our maybe our three or four Bond movies where we're like, they're perfect, you know. Yeah. But... Even then, like, if I think of my top two, the only time I ever thought about changing my rankings when we did 007 is I very much nearly put Goldeneye number one over The World Is Not Enough, and then ultimately I watched The World Is Not Enough, and I'm like, no, nah, this is better than, to me than Goldeneye. And <laughs> they're the only ones to me that would change around, whereas the other ones, like, yeah, you move some around in the middle, and you don't really change the ones at the end. But, I, I, yeah, I think it goes to show that these two franchises that you and I absolutely love, like Star Wars is probably, I mean, easily the more consistent of them when it comes to our mm-hmm. thoughts on them. Yeah, and I'll just say this. The Clone Wars animated movie, Ewoks, Caravan of Courage, Ewoks Battle for Endor, all of those are higher than The Last Jedi. It's debatable about the holiday special. I actually, uh, one thing I'll say that I've actually written down, which I'd like to do in the new year and put it on my shows to watch, I would finally like to actually watch the Clone Wars show and oh, also should. Rebels because I feel yeah. I would like to, to catch up on everything. So, um, yeah, there you go. That's it. We're, we're, we're done now. We're, all, we, all we can do now is watch The Rise of Skywalker. So we will have a spoiler-free one pretty much, I'd say, within 24 hours of us both seeing it. We'll work something out to get that up pretty quickly. Um, and then possibly within the week, I would say, we will aim at getting a spoiler one up and because that one will obviously go a little bit longer. We really hope to try and get Noah on that one because we feel sort of our OG crew that it would feel a bit weird not having Noah on there with it because... He, of course, was the one who did that one with me for Force Awakens, so it would feel, yeah. And I would also like to, if, again, we're kind of switching gear away from our movie ones now, taking a bit of a break as we sort of move into some new things, which we'll talk about in a second, but I would love to be able to maybe do a Mandalorian recap with you once the whole thing's dropped. Oh, yeah. Um, cause look, I uh, would have been something fun. We could have just done each week, but sadly it's something you and I could never have committed the time to, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think maybe January we might sort of sit down if we can and just do a, a general recap of season one. Cause I think I'm saying it now, I'm probably enjoying more in the Mandalorian in four episodes than I have in anything in Disney so far in the movie. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like there's some great stuff and they're not just baby Yoda, like take baby, actually don't take baby Yoda out of it. The guy's awesome. But anyway, so yeah, stay tuned for that. But uh, outside of course of this, um, we've got our best of to come and as well as our two part best of the decade, which I'm very excited for you guys to hear. And also the one, two that we'll be doing as well. We're doing a, just an episode kind of going over our top five movies and TV shows of the decade. Uh, be five or fun. ten? I thought we were doing ten. Ten each or five each? Oh fuck! I ten. thought we were doing ten each. Oh, okay, well we can do ten. Sure, let me. Okay, good, because that's my list. Ah well, you know, whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> fuck it, we'll do ten. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And the exciting thing too, I think, as well, January, um, we're sort of cut back on our idea. We're going to be doing some movies, but we're. Probably just going to take a break from the movies, and our plan really is to do a bit of a Survivor tribute month. What they're going to be, we don't know yet, but 
It's our roots. It's our origins. It's our Phantom Menace. It was Survivor. <laughs> so we will be looking at uh, doing some coverage in the lead up to season 40 and just blanking out uh, Island of the Idols eventually. So anyway, uh, get excited. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe. And thanks for tuning in to all 50-odd hours, Chris Dixon. And to the others, if you did, <laughs> let us know. Um, until we next speak again, the last time you'll ever hear my voice in a Star Wars episode that hasn't seen Rise of Skywalker, unless John Williams dies, we have to do a fucking tribute episode to him. Thanks, Colin. My name is Ben, and I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. And my name is 321. Colin Hilding's beautiful face. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.